Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Down. So happy to be here with you today. We have been so lucky the last few months to be listening to the music from our friend Ryan O'Neill, Sleeping at Last in his Enneagram songs. But today, as we kick off the fall, we're going to switch up our music. So starting today and for the fall, you will get to hear our buddy Drew Holcomb, who is actually also the guest today. This music is from his new album, Dragons. Make sure you grab a copy, y'all. It is so good. You're going to get to hear us talk all about it. But this is the music you will hear for the rest of the fall. So thank you to Drew for, well, A, for this episode that you're about to hear, but also for letting us use his music this season. It's so generous of him. I'm really, really grateful. You may remember that Drew's wife, Ellie, has been on the show already a couple times. She is episode 27, one of the OG episodes. And she is also on the Christmas Party 2018 episode two, if you want to go back and hear more from this family. But today we get to hear from Drew, and I'm really excited for y'all to hear this conversation. I think really, really highly of this guy, and I think you will as well. If You you probably already love his music, but I think you're going to really um, respect him and love his heart after you hear this conversation. And friends, I just want to let you know as well, just like with the Sherry Lynn's episode a couple weeks ago when Drew and I originally recorded, um, I did not record it correctly. And so this is our second conversation. He is a good enough friend to me that he just came back in the office and we did it again. So you'll hear us refer a couple of times to stories we had already told because that's what we did when we recorded the first time. But actually both of us, when we stopped the recording feel like this is a way better show. So it all worked out as it should. So here's my conversation with my good buddy, Mr. Drew Holcomb. All right, Drew, let's do it again, buddy. Let's do it. Listen, what <laughs> What an honor to have you back in the podcast I feel studio. Like, I feel like I was just here. <laughs> you technically were. I mean, I can't thank you enough. Oh, yeah. No worries. I I live right down the street. That's right. And I think the fun thing is we're friends enough that we can just have a conversation again. Yes. I'm not even stressed about us doing it exactly the same. As I told you in my text, I will only hold this over you for as long as we're friends. (laughs) You actually said 10 to 15 years, which says to me, Oh, we we go longer than that. Do we have an ending of our friendship when your kids graduate? I'm giving it 10 years. I want us to start where we started last time as well, because I what I wasn't allowed to say last time that I can say this time is I am speaking at Young Life 2020 in January. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Isn't that awesome? That's really fun. I'm so stoked about it. Yeah. And you, you're like a long time Young Life guy. Yeah. I mean, like way back to my childhood, like my, I was involved. My parents were on the committee in Memphis. My grandparents were involved with Young Life starting in like the mid 40s, which is right when it started. What? Yeah. I mean, OG for real. Yeah, yeah. My gr- my grandfather uh, met the Lord at a campfire with Jim Rayburn, the founder of Young Life, in 1943. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And then your parents got involved, and in you. So mm-hmm. you've never known a life without. Young yeah, life. yeah. It was like a huge part of my my childhood and growing. Did up. you and, grow and up a, with a, like club meeting at your house? Uh-huh. And oh yeah. So you just always had teenagers around as you were a kid. Yeah. I mean, it was like it was in seasons. Like, yeah. it was, my parents were really involved when I was very young, and then as sure. we got into school, they kind of get less involved. And then when I got into high school, we started having it at our house. Okay. Yeah. I did not grow up around teenagers as a kid. I yeah. was the oldest grandchild, and my parents didn't have that. What do you remember? I have one teenager I remember as in my life as a kid. What do you remember about what you thought? about God and teenagers and all that when you were a kid watching Well, that. all I remember is thinking is like, man, these people are so old. Oh, yeah. Do you? You know? <laughs> they're so they're so big and they're so cool and they're talking about things that I don't understand. Yeah. And I remember I'd go to bed and kind of try to listen in. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and I think as a kid growing up in the church, you kind of hear like them talking about God, you know, to kids that they, that they assume don't know much about God. That's yeah. kind of the young life model, you know. Yeah. And I'd be like upstairs, and be like, I already knew that because I learned that in Sunday oh. school. So I was sort of a know-it-all <laughs> kid. I had a, I had a lot, a lot to learn. Clearly, <laughs> no, that's so sweet though. Yeah, but I was like, it's just cool. It was like, I, I, but mainly, I just remember thinking that teenagers were, were so old, and I remember thinking as a freshman in high school that seniors were so old. Yeah. And now we go to camp, and I meet seniors, and I'm like, oh, I like think they're in eighth grade. You're like, how yeah. are you driving? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. And do you know how to put together a sentence? Right. <laughs> To have, right. especially the guys, they're just like video game. Uh huh. You know, uh-huh. like, come on, come on. We had uh, one. My dad had like a little brother in the Big Brother Little Brother program, mm-hmm. and I remember he and we were a family of all girls except my dad, 
And I remember Bill came over one time and my parents had said, hey, go tell Bill we're ready to eat. He, he would spend weekends with us a lot. And he leaned over the banister and didn't have a shirt on. And I was like, what? I just remember being like, people always There's wear shirts in this house. There's a shirt yeah. off. Yeah. Yes. We didn't do no shirts totally. in our house. Totally. <laughs> so my little like three-year-old, five-year-old brain, I remember so clearly being like, oh, a teenager without a shirt on? I yeah. don't understand. This is, this, mom. <laughs> right. <laughs> Isn't it weird the things our little brains yes, memorize? Yes, for sure. Y'all took, now you're taking your kids to camp we did we kids. did we did this summer yeah, yeah we were there for two weeks and you loved it yeah it was great we, we did, used to do that for a, for a lot of years and then haven't been in like five years and so we went back this summer yeah. for two weeks and uh, our kids are the perfect age to kind of run around and and get to experience it and, it was, and it was when great. you and ellie are there are y'all leading worship well it's not really worship because you know it's more like young life club is more like a bunch of fun songs you know like pop songs and ah, country okay. songs and stuff. And then we do one of our own songs at night. And then as the week progresses, you start to do sort of more what Young Life would call content songs. Content songs. But they're not like, we don't do any like standard worship stuff. Yeah. It's all Young Life internal written songs. Like that we actually helped write some of them years ago. That's so, right. I remember so. I have a vague memory of Ellie posting a picture of all of y'all standing in a circle recording yeah. these Young Life songs that yeah, you Yeah, it was written. like Brandon Heath and yeah. Ed Cash and um, you know, a bunch of us. Yeah, yeah. really fun. I worked with a youth pastor a couple of years ago, 10 years ago or so now, that was really into Young Life. Drew Hill, he's actually been on the podcast before, but, uh, and he is the one who taught me, you have to earn the right to be heard. Yep. Which I thought was Isn't that just, great? it's incredible. Yeah. I, it works everywhere. It works everywhere. It works in music. It works in writing, you know, it works in everything. Yeah. That you just, just keep showing up and mm -hmm. keep being you and keep being real. And eventually they're going to, you've earned the right to be heard with what you actually say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The other story that we've got to retell that was in last time. Uh, when you were in Colorado, I was in Colorado yes. at Lost Valley Ranch. And one of the riding horses, and et cetera. I was, et cetera. One of the college students told, that is a wrangler yep. was with you at camp. Mm -hmm. And he told me the very best story about getting pulled over. Yes. Do you remember this I story? I do remember the story. This is one of my favorite stories I've ever heard from a fan. Really? Yeah. Oh, I would imagine so. So he, I'll just tell everybody, he was driving along, listening to music. Speeding. Speeding like a criminal. <laughs> and <laughs> Somewhere in Texas, is that right? Or Yes, I think, uh, no, I think Michael lives in Arkansas. Arkansas, okay. Yeah, I'm just telling the whole yeah. world his life story. But he gets pulled over. And he says to the cop, the cop says, what are you doing? And he says, oh, did you know you were speeding? Yeah, I knew I was speeding. Sorry, I was really <laughs> jamming out <laughs> to Drew Hilcom and the Neighbors. And what does the cop say? The cop says, oh, I love Drew Hilcom and the Neighbors. Slow down <laughs> and you're off. You're good to go. That's right. And yeah, lets him, lets him off. go. I know. That is unbelievable It's really me. unbelievable because it's not like I'm like a, you know, like Jason Aldean or something. Where like every every <laughs> right. cop knows who I am, right, right, right. So it's for that to like for him, some you know random state trooper to pull him over and be like, yeah, me too, bud. Yeah, <laughs> hit the road and slow down. Have a great day. That's right. Yeah. When Michael was retelling me the story, he said, "I don't know that Drew will ever remember this, and I don't know that this matters." And I kept saying to him, "You have no idea how much we love this well, kind of story. It's so unique, you know." Yeah. Uh, I get a lot of those stories. Now, that one's more on the lighter side. Usually, yeah. if, if someone feels the need to sort of tell me a story about my music, it's kind of, it can be like sort of heavy. Sure. You know? So that one was especially fun because it was just like this really hilarious, you know, coincidence. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it happens. It just happens. Do you, what do you do when people email, send letters, send, send things to you? What's that experience like for you getting those yeah. moments? I really try hard to, respond i always at least read everything that yeah. people send me but sometimes people send me just like you know novels mm -hmm. and sometimes it can be like a lot of people ask us to play at charity fundraisers yeah. which, which we wish we had another 300 days in the year but that's right. about how many times we get asked to do them Same. Yeah. so you know those can sometimes get a little bit like okay you know get to the get to the point a little bit yeah yeah, yeah. but really if, when people send me their stories about um for instance i just had a guy this is sort of heavy but uh, i had a guy we had this Moon River Festival in Chattanooga. It's in the early fall, and a guy sends me a, an email or a Instagram direct message. A lot of it happens on Instagram direct message, yeah. which is kind of a neat thing. But so he says, "Hey, I was at Moon River last year with my friend. Uh, I can't remember his name. Let's say his name is Joey. Yeah. And Joey okay. has always had a real struggle with life, but that time we went together, we camped, we had this beautiful weekend listening to music together. We said our goodbyes and we went off to our separate colleges. And he said, and Joey." 
which was apparently not a surprise because of how much he had struggled. He took his own life mm. um, a month after the festival, and he said, I'm coming back this year. I'm coming by myself, and I'm going to just spend the weekend with my memories of Joey. Oh, my and I'm just excited. Thank you for creating a place for me to have this sweet, long-lasting memory of my best mm. friend. You know, and you're just like, wow, okay, um, I'm just weeping, yeah. reading it, and grateful. And it's really neat, just practically, that people have access to that. I mean, yeah. I can't imagine, you know, I can't imagine when I was in high school trying to get in touch with, you know, Tom York from Radiohead. In sync, maybe. Yeah, it was huge in sync yeah, fan yeah. right here. <laughs> I did work security at an in sync concert when I was in high school. What? You yeah. never told the me that. The ground shook when, it they, was that loud. when they came out. Oh, yeah. I mean, literally, I felt like I thought it was an earthquake. Because the girls were that shrill, screaming. Yeah. Screaming. Yeah. The decibel level was. It would have been. I was me there in my like, yellow in event staff jacket. I was supposed to tell people to stop smoking and stuff like that. I'm like, nobody's smoking. <laughs> yeah, they're at all the fourteen. Show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Skinner show is a little different. Though. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. Yeah, the access. It's an interesting thing. I don't do DMs for a couple of reasons. One, men are weird. Yeah. Online, and yeah. So for I sure. Try to stay out of there. But also, I feel like I can't give it the kind of time I want to give yeah, it. Yeah, right. And so we, we point our more to letters that comes in or yeah. emails is where we do. But it is it is incredible that it is. even with – I read every single comment that comes in on mm-hmm. Instagram, and I go, I wish I would have been able to tell authors what their books meant to me mm-hmm. 20 years ago like sure. you can now. I still wish that was some of that generation. Yeah. You know, there's this author named Hampton Sides. He writes these great sort of narrative historical books uh, about – World War II and uh, did one about the the Dr. King's death in Memphis and he's amazing and there's like yeah. no, there's not even an address to send him a, I've tried you know I'm like <laughs> how do I comment to him your door. Hampton <laughs> wherever you are in the world I love your books but yeah, yeah how do you even find the him? access is really is really is really crazy and if you know I think most people just want to you just see it, so I'll just I'll just like their yeah. message, you know. Yeah. Like so, yeah. But it's it, it is hard. The coolest was I thing that happened to me as far as fans being communicative with me was I got meningitis and was in the hospital for yeah. eight days, two and a half years ago, and I was just laid up for another two weeks afterwards. And so I just posted, "Hey, I'm in the hospital. Here's what's going on. I'm gonna be fine. The doctors have figured it out." But this was after four days of not knowing what yeah, it was. Yeah, I was about to say, it got real scary before It got that. real scary. And so I get, we have a P.O. box, and I posted it on Instagram. And people sent me, like, the nicest things and yeah. Christmas presents. And I totally milked it for all it was worth. Yeah. <laughs> but there were so many of them, though, that I had to write, like, a standard postcard and have and just sign, like, like 700 of them. Oh, yeah. And have my manager send them all out to everybody just as a thank you. Because it was so overwhelmingly, like... Jenna, that's a great idea. We should have a postcard. Yeah. Oh, we're 100%... Yep. Because we struggle so hard. Because you want to communicate back with people, yes. but if you can't, you don't have time. It's not, and, and it's just not a, I don't want to be an echo chamber. Yeah. I think I'm using that correctly. I don't want to, them to throw their words that they've written these letters out into the abyss and never know if I get it. Right. And so right. if they don't, one of my college dearest friends sent you something, sent me a letter and said, I'm coming to this event where you're speaking at. We haven't seen each other in years. I don't have social media. But I wanted you to know that I see what you're doing and I'm coming. And she didn't give me an email address or anything and her phone number in the same. So I'm like, do I mail her back a letter with my phone number in it? Like, right. <laughs> what do we Every do? event. Cheryl, yeah. are you here? <laughs> exactly. So these notebooks here are what people have mailed to us. Oh, that's so sweet. And so we keep yeah. them all, but it, we haven't sorted out how to respond. But you're yeah. giving us a how to respond. There you go. Brilliant. A postcard. Mm-hmm. Did you put your face on the other side of it? Uh, I know we created like a little thank you graphic. Oh, yeah. brilliant. I'm just yeah. going to steal that. Of me in a hospital robe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, I, yeah, made I made it. We're going to be fine. I'm, ba- I'm on the couch. Yes. Okay, let's talk about Moon River Festival for a minute. Yeah. Because I one of my favorite things is when people don't know that I know who they're bragging about. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like on the internet a lot. And in my real life, people talk about how that is their favorite festival to go to. Oh, that's cool. It's just, and the lineup y'all get every year is so insane. It's it's really good. What yeah. made you decide to create a music festival? Oh, well, sometimes you just make stupid decisions. <laughs> um, no, I was uh, six, seven years ago. I, I had seen a couple of other artist, sort of artist curated festivals. There's a band in Memphis called Lucero that does a thing every year called the Family Picnic. Well, they have done it on and off for 10 years. And then Grace Potter does one up in, in Vermont, and the Ava Brothers have done it. And so these sort of curated events. And so I wanted to bring a bunch of people 
from out of town to a bunch of bands and artists to, to see Memphis and to see my hometown. And it was a pretty low-key event the first years, maybe like you know, 1,500, 1,800 people in this sort of outdoor amphitheater. And then it grew really quickly, and after three years, it was sort of beyond the capacity that we knew what, like we knew how to manage it. So we kind of sold it, partnered with this the uh, a company called AC Entertainment. People know them by yeah. Bonnaroo. They, they started Bonnaroo, and they run Bonnaroo. And so they do a bunch of other festivals. So they run it now, and basically we realized there's this sort of niche that like a lot of people love music, and they love the idea of a festival. When they go to, and there's 50,000 people there, it's just like totally overwhelming. Right. So we thought, what if there's like a, you know, a better suited, like 10 to 15,000 people in, you know, where the music's not competing with each other. That's one of the things that, as an artist can be frustrating as a festival. You're like, yes, we're playing this festival. And then they're like, who are we playing at the same time as? Oh, everyone's favorite band. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> And then you're like bummed out because you feel like you right. kind of got the short end of the stick. Well, right. our, our festival. You're like Jay-Z is right, on the main right. stage and you're on the yeah, side exactly. stage. Great, great, great. Exactly. So we do ours only two stages and they just rotate hour on, hour off, hour on. So it's like there's always music, but they're never. Do people co- shuffle back and forth yeah. left to right? Oh, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're a little, they're far apart. Like you'd have to kind of, it'd probably take you four minutes, five minutes to yeah. walk from back and I mean, depending on the time of day and crowd. But yeah, we had Avid Brothers last year and Head in the Heart. And then um, this year we've got. Jason Isbell in the 400 unit, and then Brandi Carlisle, who's oh coming off of like, you know, the greatest record she's ever made. I think really, yeah, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And yeah. what she is curating in female, um, not singer songwriter, but female Americana. Maybe? Yeah, would that be the right yeah. genre for her? Well, she's got both the new high women right. thing, and then she's got this festival that she started uh-huh. called uh, Girls Just Want a Weekend down in Mexico. It's an all-female lineup. Yeah. You know, she's, yeah, she's like really. And just sang with Dolly Parton. I'm like, if yeah. you can get Dolly to know your name. You're somebody. You're doing something right yeah, if Dolly knows who sure. you are. Yeah. So is Moon River already sold out for this year? It is, yeah. Oh, it sells out so fast. It sold out in a it? day both years, which is a crazy. Day. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. How yeah. many times do y'all perform? Two at the festival, but then we do, I do like a VIP songwriter and like in the round Bluebird style thing on Friday night for VIP ticket. Oh, so I technically cool. play three days in a row. Yeah. But they're all different formats. Will Ellie be with y'all? Ellie plays with Ellie and I are doing an acoustic show on Saturday. Okay. And then we'll do the Goodbye Road show actually on Sunday. Oh, okay. Yeah, with Johnny Swim. Oh, man. Yeah. That, y'all just went to Disneyland with them. Uh huh. Well, Lego, Legoland. Legoland. Was yeah. It so fun. It was so fun. The we were on, made it look really I fun. I know. It was really fun. Legoland's really fun. Yeah, we were out there on vacation in Abner and Abner and their oldest, uh, Joaquin, came down for the day. We had a, we had a blast. So, I haven't been to Legoland, but it looks like, based on your internet, that it has rides. They're not just they're rides. Things. You're definitely yeah. There's lots of rides, lots of experiences. It's sort of geared towards the like, I'd say like the three to eleven year old. Uh, okay. So okay. like, the roller coasters are not like, like you wouldn't want to go with a bunch of adult friends. Right. But man, that thing that Abner and Ellie got on that spun them now around. That one that's was disgusting. Disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just kept flipping I, them over. It my looked heart. Like- my heart had anger. I was like, why would someone do this to themselves? <laughs> Like I'm mad at both of y'all, I'm mad at both of y'all. for putting yourselves yeah. on this. It's funny because all these people responding on, on direct message yeah. are like, oh my gosh, two sevens. Yeah, totally, for you know, sure, Enneagram. two sevens. You know. Okay, remind me what you are again. I'm an, an eight. eight. Yeah. Yes, I love it. And yeah. Ellie is for sure a seven. Absolutely. Ellie is a massive uh, fan favorite here on the podcast. Yeah. People love her. But She's when my I was, favorite too. Well, good. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. When her face on that roller coaster thing that she was on, I was like, this is so Ellie. She's like, why see her not, gums. why not? Yeah. When Ellie's really happy, you can see her gums. She's That's smiling. She's like, oh. I'm like, oh, you're really happy today. Where are your gums. Um, does your eightness and her sevenness, what's the best part about an eight and a seven? We can like dream up some pretty spectacular things and, yeah. and then I can I sort of have the capacity to execute them. Ah, okay. So like we've been able to, like for instance, our we decided we were been married like three years on our five and ten, like on every fifth year anniversary, we we're going to do like a major adventure. Yeah. So for our fifth year anniversary, we hiked 120 miles in the Alps. Oh my gosh. For our 10th anniversary, we did 10 days in Patagonia mm-hmm. down in Chile and yeah. did all the, you know, kayak to the iceberg and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So, so like she probably wouldn't do that stuff on her own. She, she's like, oh my gosh, that sounds like so much fun. But then you're like, okay, we'll book a flight and let's do it. She's right, right, like, right. Well, I don't know. Then her six wing kind of starts to take yeah. over. So I just kind of book it and say we're going. Yeah, I think we're going. I'm yeah. the eighth. I got yeah. it all worked out. I got it taken yeah. care of. Which does also though mean that our calendar can be, she looks at it sometimes and she's like, what are we doing all these things? Yeah. It's too many, too many things. Yeah. How often will she, because you're Drew Holcomb and the neighbor, so you mm-hmm. always have 
the same kind of dudes with you. Yeah. How often does she is she with you now? Well, not a lot except for we've been doing this will be the we'll do it again next year, but we've been doing a February evening with Drew and Ellie Holcomb yeah. tour. It's just us without the band. And I think that's gonna become an annual thing. Yeah. So uh, And Christmas shows, right? And we do two Christmas shows, Nashville and Memphis. You do Nashville and Memphis. Okay. Yeah. Those aren't sold out yet, are they? They're not. No, they just went on sale like a week ago. Okay, good. So people can still mm-hmm. that. Is it at Skimmer? The Skimmer Hearn. I hate how yeah. that's... Uh, that is the worst. But that's my favorite Christmas It's right. It, it, it's a hard it. K. Skirmer Horn. Oh, a hard Sk- K. Yeah. Because a lot of people say Shermer Horn. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Skirmer Horn. Okay. So that is... Watch me get an email from Skirmer Horn after this. But you <laughs> okay. mispronounced it. I'm like, oh, uh, I thought I had really it right. We really appreciate you talking about it. It's a soft K. Yeah. So <laughs> you could just repair that in how you talk. Nate Duggar has been with you yeah, from fif- the beginning. Yeah, 15 years. And then the other two guys as long as well? Uh, well, Rich uh, has been with me for 13 years, and then everybody else is is relatively new. Dude, that's unbelievable. Yeah, so two guys for that. And my tour manager, sound guy, has been with me for six years. What I've learned watching, my like Lady Annabellum has the same people they've had for a really long time. Their mm-hmm. band stays together. What's the benefit for you of having these guys that have stuck around for so long? Two things, and one serious and one not as serious okay, but great. the not serious one is just fun like yeah. just they're like brothers you know and then the serious thing is just tr- trust mm. there's just a massive amount of trust because you you know each other you've seen each other in highs and lows both professionally and personally and you know that you kind of read each other like i can tell when if you know something if rich is having a bad day he's not telling me about it, I, I know that just mm. physical cues. I'm like, yeah. so okay, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna like give him a hard time today because yeah. I can tell. Because the road does that to you sometimes. You're yeah. just like, you can just tell somebody's heart is at home, mm-hmm. and they're not. They're on the bus, mm-hmm. and I can tell that with Rich or with Nathan or with Thomas. Yeah. And so those are the days you're like, kind of give him a little extra, extra love, you yeah. know, and, and vice versa. Yeah. So trust and is is oh, it's amazing. It's really been a gift. Yeah. I'm about to be on my first bus tour for two weekends. Oh yeah. What do I need to know about living on a bus? Are you a light sleeper or a heavy sleeper? Um, my only other times on a bus, I have slept fine. Well, then my only thing for on being on a bus is just uh, I have to I have to like make myself go to bed. Oh yeah, because otherwise yeah, play with the dudes, play and hang yeah. out and talk about life. You're on the high from the show. Yeah. And my voice has to get rest, so mm-hmm. I have to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. But I love being on the bus. It, it, it's so much better than being in a van all day or flying all day because yeah. you get somewhere at 8 in the morning, you wake up at 8, 30, 9 o'clock, and you're there. Mm-hmm. And you know, I have sound check at 4, and right. so I've got seven hours in a town yeah. to see friends or go play around round of golf or go to a coffee shop or go to the radio station. Yeah. You do some work, whatever, instead of just sitting in the van all day with your back, like right. telling you, hey, Drew, you're not 23 anymore. Yeah. <laughs> And and you still have three and a half hours for your back right. to tell you that before yes, you're at the yes, venue. Yeah, just gonna keep telling you that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I laughed when we they had us fill out a form. The tours run by Compassion Live. Yeah, they had us fill out this form like after show bus snacks. What are your favorite pizza toppings? What is your wing flavor? I was like, I am not trying to not come helpful. back from this tour being 94 pounds uh, heavier. I need y'all to back up. I literally up on had pizza. this conversation 48 hours ago with my tour manager because we had these festivals this weekend, and both days we got. Off stage and on the bus and there's four pizzas uh-huh and i don't say no to pizza how could one but right. when it's not there i say no to it that's right <laughs> so i was like hey that was fun no more yeah that was a great the fall tour the is, summer. Is, a, yeah. is a post-show pizza-free tour <laughs> if you guys want pizza go eat it in the venue that's right that's right have it waiting somewhere else but yeah. it cannot make the whole bus no. when the whole bus smells like pizza you have no choice yeah just uh, this yeah you have to participate, right? Yeah. And so I and there's literally no, there's said, not really such a thing no. as bad pizza. No. There's there's not as good pizza. Right, right. That's kind of how I feel about movies. I'm either like, I liked it or I loved it. That's like my really? two yeah. options yeah. on movies. Oh, yeah. But And that's how it is. That's the truth of pizza, pizza. too. There's yeah. just no losing. So I literally, on our form, we were like, no pizza. No pizza. No wings. I, I will be done at 10 o'clock. Normal people go to bed. But there is that post-show oh, high. Oh, it's so fun. That's the best part. That you can't like... Well, Abner from Johnny Swim is the worst because he literally is like wants to throw a dance party in the front lounge really? every other night, or he wants to play some big game. Uh huh. When I say he's the worst, I mean that totally endearing. But <laughs> in that tour, seven, I got home yeah. and I was like, I feel like I've been on a twenty-one day party. <laughs> I have got to go get some sleep. That's you right. know. 
Crazy. Some sleep and some juice. Yes, it's and juice. Just get some, some vegetables. Some rest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. Okay, we're hoping. I mean, I hope this tour is a, it's only two weekends, so it's only eight shows, but yeah. I was like, I still could do some damage. Oh, yeah. I can if, crush some pizza. Listen, it would be terrible. Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation with Drew to tell you about a couple of our friends who are sponsoring this show. First of all, our buddies over at Rothy's. I am loving seeing you guys talk to me on Instagram and Twitter about your Rothy's shoes that you ordered and how much you love them. I get it. Y'all, me too. I absolutely love my Rothy's. Y'all probably heard about this company from other places besides just me, but they're making stylish shoes for women and girls out of recycled plastic bottles, and they're super comfortable and machine washable. Rothy's has quickly grown to a most beloved, gotta have them kind of brand. And it's no surprise they have over a thousand nearly perfect reviews. They're stylish, sustainable, comfortable, washable, really all in one pair of shoes. And they're the perfect flats for life on the go. I absolutely love mine. Y'all know I have the pink ones and I think they are so fun, so comfortable. And I love that they are easy to wash, especially as we are going into the fall and sometimes we just need good transition shoes before we get really into the boots from flip-flops to boots. So go to rothys.com slash sounds fun to get your new favorite flats. They are comfortable, stylish, and sustainable. You guys, these are the shoes you've been waiting for. So head to rothys.com slash sounds fun today. And we have a new friend sponsor in the podcast. You guys get ready. It's the fab fit fun boxes. I know. Does this mean I'm famous. I don't know. I don't think so. But I mean, what I do know is all the Kardashian sisters open FabFitFun boxes. And now I'm going to get to tell you about them as well. So in case you don't know, FabFitFun is a women's lifestyle subscription box that's filled with full-size premium beauty, lifestyle, fitness, home, and wellness products sent straight to your doorstep each season. So they happen each season. And they take the hassle out of the shopping and doing it for you. I love subscription boxes like this because they find for me things that I didn't know I was going to love, but I totally love. The FabFitFun Fall 2019 box includes some really great stuff, like an Amica Strand Perfect ceramic styler. You guys, how cool is that? And there also is a cheese board with a plate. It is so cute. It's just amazing the variety you get. They also have tons of beauty products. These boxes sell out fast, so you need to sign up for yours today. So I totally love subscription boxes, and FabFitFun is one of my very favorites. It retails for $49.99, but always has a value of over $200 worth of product in there. So you can use the coupon code SOUNDSFUN for $10 off your first box at FabFitFun.com. Again, that's SOUNDSFUN for $10 off your first box at FabFitFun.com. And when you open your box, I need you like me, because we're just normal people getting to open FabFitFun boxes. I need you to open your FabFitFun box and show me what products you got. Okay. So again, go ahead and subscribe, get your order in for your first box. Remember it's $10 off when you go to FabFitFun.com and use the code SOUNDSFUN. And now back to Drew. Okay, you are let, being really generous to us and letting us use two of your songs for our new music starting yes, now. Yes, I love that. All the way now till Christmas from your well, new Dragons album. You're being generous for using them because I know there's, there's a lot of people listening to us talk right now. Hey, everybody. Yeah, hi, yeah. everybody. Y'all are really there. So the two songs that we are using are Family and End of the World. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about those two. So everybody gets Family is a really fun song. It's sort of, in my mind, I wrote this song sort of stepping back into my elementary school summer vacations with my family. Ah, you really? Know? Yeah. So it's like, it's about sort of taking a chance and you don't, you know, you can't really choose your family. They are your family and you choose to kind of love each other and, and live with the, the, the highs and the lows. And it's just got some like funny, I think sort of you know, idiosyncrasies of my own childhood kind of in these little lyrical snapshots. Uh -huh. and, and it's a really fun, the music video is hilarious too. I got a bunch of friends to, to, Oh, it's great. To shoot some videos yeah. with my kids. I'm dancing like a fool. So you, you were really dancing. Yeah. You I love, really I love to, I love to yeah. dance. You know, sometimes you got to let people in to yeah, the other right. side you know? <laughs> on right. stage. I tend to be a little more sanguine. So, and then end of the world is, uh, so there's this, um, peanuts cartoon Yeah, that there's Charlie and there's, Snoopy sitting on the edge of the dock 
And Charlie says real sort of in a sort of serious way, he says, Snoopy, we're all going to die someday. Snoopy looks at him and he says, yes, Charlie, but until then, every other day we will live. <laughs> and so end of the world for me is oh, a little bit like, like there's this line in the song that I started with says, don't eulogize on my behalf. I'm a long way from my epitaph. Mm. And it's sort of speaking to this sort of political, cultural moment where everyone is saying that everything's getting worse and everything is going to hell, you know, figuratively or literally. I don't know what some people probably mean it literally. It, it sort of wears me out. Yeah. And it's a song about like, let's just put that away. Let's kick that to the curb and let's go live our lives. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit of an eat, drink and be merry, but but with a little more intention. Yeah. You know? And I watched the video. Yeah, the zombie video. <laughs> and it's a zombie video. It is. You, you were it's confused so by surprising. that. Probably. I was really surprised when you're preaching to zombies and you're singing. Well, so that's that's part of the thing. It's like in my mind, you know, it's like this division, this, uh-huh. you know, in the in the video between two camps, the zombies and the regular people. And so we get in this fight and I'm preaching with a black eye because yeah. I just got in a fight with yeah. the zombies and I'm basically telling them like, hey, let's get along here. You right. Know? So let's throw a party. So it was like my version of like the end of, um, you know, a zombie movie, but instead of everybody fighting, they throw a party in. Yeah. You know. Okay. Well, we should go. Yeah. And everybody can just watch it on YouTube, right? Yeah, it's on, it's on YouTube and all that stuff. Can we talk about Jay? Again? Yeah, of course. Because your song, You Never Leave My Heart, that's on this record as well. It's on Dragons as well, is about your younger brother. Yeah. And I had heard like in passing about him before, but I'd never heard as much as it feels like. And I follow your sister on the internet yeah. too because we're friends. And I feel like y'all have talked about him more this summer than you ever have before. Yeah. Uh, so this is 20 years. Got it. This summer. Okay. It was 20 okay. years ago that he passed away. And so okay. my sister Claire started kind of kind of led with that this summer. She knew this song was coming out because I wrote it around Christmas time. Uh, so yeah, we've, uh, you know, my brother passed away in 1999 when I was 17, Claire was 18, Sam was 12, just turned 12 and Jay, and was, Jay was 13, three days from 14. Okay. Yeah. So he was, uh, an, in a wheelchair, but cognitively totally fine and, and was living a very sort of normal middle school, early middle school life. And I was actually out of the country. Mm-hmm. I was in the Dominican Republic on this sort of mission slash Spanish immersion summer trip. And I got a call from my mom that he had passed away in the night. Totally surprisingly. Absolutely was devastating. You know, it was the the marker of my youth in a way. Did you get right back on a plane? What'd you do? Oh yeah, yeah. I got on a plane four hours later. Okay. And my cousin, first cousin was with me down there and he got on the plane with me, thankfully. Yeah. Yeah, we got home and we, you know, had all the pre funeral conversations and the storytelling and the sadness and all that and the song is about um well let me back up and say i haven't really been able to write about it yeah because it's, it's almost like too it's too all-encompassing of, in my sort of psychological emotional makeup and my history to put into words and i think part of that was because i'd always try to like hit all the universal stuff mm-hmm. and instead this time I, I let myself go to a particular moment in time, and that moment was the party or the the gathering after the funeral. Okay. And so the song yeah, is to about write that the whole thing, the whole experience. Yeah, it, it's not. It's not. It wasn't. Yeah. So I, this song is literally me now today, walking through my neighborhood, East Nashville, and sort of being swept into this memory, and literally, you know, sort of flying through the through time, and I'm a sort of fly on the wall at this party, watching myself. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and, I'm, eight, and, I'm, and I'm and I'm and I'm then talking to Jay from now. Mm. And it's it's a it's a I'm really proud of the song. It's um oh you should be. It's I think it's I feel like it honors him yeah. in a really sweet way. But the most amazing thing is how many stories I've been sent. Really, since the, I mean yeah. the song's been out a month, maybe that, less than that, three yeah. weeks, four weeks. Yeah, I've had. Um, I'll just give you like give yeah. a, a couple snapshots. One, um, a lady said that she and her husband. Been married for five years. His dad died when he was in high school. He doesn't ever talk about him. They were driving in the car. He said, "Hey, Drew's got a Drew Holmes got a new song. I listen, puts it on. He doesn't really know what he's about to do. Oh, whoops! You know, whoops! Sorry, trigger, yeah. trigger warning or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. You didn't give that. Yeah. So apparently, he he pulls over and starts weeping and says, I'm, "I know I've never talked to you about my dad, but I'm ready to talk to you about my dad." Oh. And for two hours, tells her stories about him. And she's been married oh. to him for five years. Never, yeah. he's never said a word about his dad. 
so that's that kind of thing has been just coming in and people uh, other musicians another gr- good friend of mine an artist who lives over the midwest who said hey i i um been a musician for 10 years and i've never told anyone that my brother died when i was a kid oh publicly my gracious. and he's like and I'm, I'm i think it, maybe it's time you know mm. so yeah it was just like a really i told ellie i went to bed that night so heavy and full and like yeah full of gratitude and I told her I don't think I've ever felt as understood as a creative person as a art artist than I did that day really yeah it was it was amazing and funny story to kind of wrap wrap like the the narrative of the song up my manager Paul who I've been with for a long time yeah deep deep friends he sent me an email the next day after I wrote the song. He didn't know I had written the song. Uh-huh. He had no idea. Early, I wake up to this email. I wrote it late at night, went to bed. What made you write it that night? Were you just I like, don't know. here it is? I don't know. Okay. No, it's because I'd had that, like, literally that That thing, thing had happened to me. You walked through the neighborhood. Yeah, I walked through my was, neighborhood every yeah. day because I go to the post office almost every right. day. <laughs> I was walking home from the post office, and it, like a wind just took me there. Really? So I wrote it that night. So Paul doesn't know that. He sends me... Uh, an email the next morning. Hey, it's not my place, and you can tell me to kiss off. Yeah. Uh, but I think your fans would love to hear about your brother, like a song about your brother. My word. And I wrote him back, and I just said, "Kiss off." <laughs> I wrote it last night. <laughs> and did you send him the file right away? Oh yeah, I sent it to him, and he just is like. He just calls me. He's crying. You know, it's like, okay, that. How did that happen? I was like, I don't know. It's pretty serendipitous, but yeah. Were you already working on the album, or were you just? Yeah, we had already finished family, see the world, uh, and we were going. We were we were going to the studio in two weeks, and we kind of already decided on the record. Mm-hmm. And then I wrote that one. It was like, well, that's definitely one hundred percent taking yeah. kicking something off the record. Right. You know? It just feels like um, as I've listened to it a lot, it feels like it is your story that somehow. You wrote a thing that we all have felt before. Oh, thank you. But it's your story. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like totally. I mean, I, that is like a dream compliment. So okay, um, great. Yeah, I think for me, that's what when I listen to the best records that I love, that's what is happening. It's like mm-hmm. when David Gray plays slow motion. You know, I'm hearing him talk about his father getting Alzheimer's and. I feel I I know myself in that story, even though that's, yeah. that hasn't been my story. Yeah, but it's part of the human experience. And so, uh, and then the same thing with like when I hear Springsteen sing Rosalita, and it's this mm. big dance song about finding your first love, you know, in high school, and yeah. or dad kicking you out, you know, you're like, oh yeah, been there too. I never dated anybody named Rosalita. Yeah, but when <laughs> yeah. I can sing Rosalita, jump a little higher, can you read her? Come sit by my fire, you know, just like. It's just that's the human thing about good songs is that they take something particular and they make it everybody's. Right. I think that's. Will what. you be able to sing it on stage? Do you think will it make I, you emotional? I'm planning on it. Yeah. We'll see. The first first show, <laughs> the first show is at the Ryman. So. Um, I know I'm there. It's on my calendar. Yes. September. T- 14th, 15th, 14th, yeah, something like that. Yeah. That Saturday, yeah, I'm super there. Uh, thanks. So I'm gonna try it that night. We'll see what happens. Maybe yeah. the only time. Yeah. So if you're going to give something a shot, you might as well do it. Wrong. That's right. Um, you know, I'm going to do again to you what I did when we recorded the first yes. time. Speaking of the Ryman. Um, my, my appearance. Your appearance in, your in Looking for Lovely. I should have marked it. It is my one of my very favorite stories in Looking for Lovely is the chapter about the Ryman. And I have so many people who email me and say, we're in town for this one thing, but we're going to go to the Ryman. Isn't it like a pilgrimage now for people? I, f- I feel like that's what it's become part of yeah. it because of folks like yourself who live here. Right. said like, hey, there's this magical place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you got to come pay You've just got to know. Yeah. I had some friends in town last weekend and they went and saw, they came in town on Thursday night and Ricky Skaggs was playing. Oh, cool. And they were like, we just got tickets to see Ricky Skaggs at the Ryman. And I was like, what? Yes, you did. And the next day the boyfriend said, is that place special or something? <laughs> because it felt like something. Yeah. And so I went back and I was like, let me tell you the whole story. You're like, actually, I have um, a chapter about that in my book. Yeah, I was like, if you'll grab a copy of Looking for Lovely. Um, okay, can I read the part yeah. about you um, that's in Looking for Lovely? That's the feel of the Ryman. It isn't complicated, but it's beautiful. You are either upstairs or downstairs. You squeeze into your seat on the pew, doing the best you can to sit with your back, touching the metal plate with your seat number on it. The stage is big, and it's said that there isn't a bad seat in the house. 
And in my seven years of research, I found that to be true. All of the artists I've ever seen perform there at some point unplugs and steps away from the microphone. They step toward the front, take their earpieces out and just sing. It's something about the acoustics and the way they perfectly created this room for music. When Drew Holcomb sings Tennessee acapella with no microphone, the crowd goes silent and everyone is in awe until the moment he invites the crowd to sing along. And then, because the room is full of Nashville people, the sound swells in four-part harmony, and I'm not kidding you. Just writing about it makes me tear up. The sound of this town singing in this room is moving. Right? I know, it makes me tear yeah. even reading yeah. to you. Killing you, me over here. Do you feel that every time you play there? Do you yeah. feel a version of that? Yeah, absolutely. And we've I've played in a lot of different ways. We've done three or four headline shows there, and then I've been a guest at you know Andrew Peterson's Christmas show. Yeah. And then I've done the Opry there in, in the winter three or four times. And it, it absolutely it doesn't matter the setting. Stepping onto that stage, there, there's one thing. There's this is like incredible honor of mm-hmm. it because uh, you want to sort of you just you can't believe the gratitude that you get to share the stage with this, this the history of this room. And the second thing is there's a there's a, a good pressure. Mm. Which if you're gonna get up on that stage, you better bear witness to something true. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because yeah. that's what's been happening there. You better bear witness to something true. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. And then I got great advice my first show there. Bear Reinhardt from Need to Breathe, his good friend, flew in for the show because he knew it was really important to me. And he came backstage and he's like, "Hey," uh, and he's pretty quiet. Mm-hmm. He said, uh, "Hey, um, just let the show come to you. Don't chase it." And so I walked on stage and took like four breaths before I even like just I literally stood in front of the microphone, looked around, the crowd was cheering. You know, took it in a couple times, let it out, took it in, and then we played the show. And it was one of the most um, important hour and a half or two hours of my life. Like it was, it was everything I wanted to be and more. And that's not typically what happens in life. Right. You build up yourself to this big event. Right. And then it doesn't live up to it you know mm-hmm. it, but that one did mm-hmm. and then some mm-hmm. and then bear uh came after the show and he whispered in my ear laughing i was i was kind of teary and he, he laughed and he goes it's all downhill from here man <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing right <laughs> two great bookends of truth from my right. my older my older brother in music so what an interesting thought let the show come to you yeah yeah i had a meeting last week and the guy said what's the dream and i said i want to sell out the yeah. And he was you like, should, we're going to sell out the right Yeah. Thing. I was like, okay, that's just the one. There's Yes. That. What else, what other venues do you have left in your In my dreams, yeah. my hopes? Well, I've, I've played Red Rocks as an opener. Okay. Headlining there would be. Opening for Need to Breathe? Opening for Need to Breathe, yeah. that's right. So headlining there would headlining be one. Um, I I would love to play some of the big New York venues, Carnegie Hall or Radio oh. City. Oh, yeah. You know, Um yeah, there's not many. There's not many left that I've haven't gotten to play. Which talk is, about the difference between being an opener and being the main guy. Yeah, the so headliner. being an opener is is um, in one sense it's way less stress mm-hmm. just professionally because you're not it's not your job to get everybody there. That's right. So you're just like, all right, you get to have fun and kind of you know go for it. But the hard part is that they're not your people, so you have to earn them. Yeah, and so as an opener, there is a sense of like urgency of like, this is my chance in front of all of these people and I need to go for it. And we've opened for lots of different people. I've opened for Willie Nelson. I've opened for Need to Breathe, John Hyatt, you know, done shows in front of the Avery Brothers. And they're all the crowds are different, mm. you know. Um, certain types of music tends to like we do well in front of and other t- kinds we don't. And the room matters a lot. Like the Willie tour is especially unique because we played at Billy Bob's, which is this huge like dance hall. Uh huh. And no one's paying attention at all. Right. <laughs> and there's like five thousand people there, and I bet two hundred of them were listening to oh, us. Oh my gosh. You know, where are the rest of them doing talking, talking? Drinking. I mean, riding the the, the bull, the mechanical bull. Yeah, riding the mechanical <laughs> bull, playing pool. I mean, it was literally like crazy. My gosh. The next night we're in this big, beautiful auditorium in Houston, and there's six thousand people here, and we play, and it's pin drop quiet. That's so Standing bizarre. ovation at the end. Oh, my gosh. So the room matters a ton, yeah. too. But headlining, though, is amazing because you already know that 80% of the people there are there because they want to be there. And the other 20% uh-huh. were brought by the 80%. So they're uh-huh. trying, they're telling them, like, hey, this is, you got to come be a part yeah. of this. And so there's a, you're getting something back before you even step on stage. Uh, okay. It's a shot in the arm. Right. You know, of like, this is our, 
This is our people, uh-huh. and they're a part of this night. It's not just us performing. That's that's like to me. That's where the sort of the difference between like entertainer and artist is. It's like an artist is creating something with and for the audience, mm. not just like getting up there and and giving people their money's worth. Sure, you know. So, but the the pressure of in being a headliner though is that like you got to get the butts in the seats. Yeah. So the lead up to it is like a lot more stressful for yeah. me at least. I'm just making the transition. Mm-hmm. And it has felt all of that. Yeah. It's felt the like. Exciting and totally scary. So scary. When we're dreaming about and planning, putting on the calendar, what's going to happen in 2020 and 2021. You just go like, I'm not sure I can do that. Yeah. Let's try. I'll be in the bathroom throwing up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have, I figured out about me, something my team and I have talked about a lot. I love having to win the audience. Mm -hmm. I've really enjoyed that. Yeah. And when you are, when they are coming because they know you're there, you aren't having to win them. So that yep. first four minutes of my show, my talk, my sermon is going to work like it used to. It's going to work like it used to, <laughs> <laughs> right? Because they're like, yeah, yeah, Annie, we know. We heard that funny thing last time. Yeah, yeah, Annie. that's why we're back. Give Although us I've else. learned though that a lot of people want that again. For instance, uh-huh. there's this song I have called "I Like to Be with Me When I'm with You." It's yeah. the oldest song from my catalog that I still play. And Ellie, I still, whenever I play it, I tell the same stupid story about this middle school that I played the song at uh-huh. and, and the kids not getting it. And Ellie has heard it 400 times. Yeah. And she laughs every time. <laughs> and, it, and it's not forced. <laughs> right. So you, sometimes so your people it. want, they yes. want your they want your joke yes. again, but it feels like you're, you're like lying to them by telling them again. But it's like, yeah. oh, it's still funny. Uh, Angela Johnson, the comedian, when she does her nail salon bit where, you know, I was in an audience where the audience did the bit with her word for word. Oh, my gosh. And I was great. like, afterwards, I was like, Angie, did you? Why do you still do that? And she was like, "That's they want that." She's like, "That's my hit song." Yeah, that's it. That's her hit song. Is yeah. everyone is doing word for word her nail salon jokes, and they love it. Yep. And so does she. That's I love that she's invited them into it. That's oh great. yeah, it's yeah. just I, I didn't know what was happening. I was like, I wanted to crowd. I'm going to crowdsource a song this. on this on this tour. It's a great yeah, idea. just get them to start yeah. just handling it. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. That, that happens to me sometimes. I'll forget lyrics and somebody in the crowd. I'll be like, um, uh-huh. a little help. And somebody's like, sky is turning. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's the first time. Sky is turning. Feels like the glass. Yeah. The new album comes out, I think, this week, the week the show comes out. Yeah, yeah. And Dragons. Why'd you name it Dragons? I love knowing the why yeah. behind the Well, the, 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 there's a song on the record called Dragons. Okay. And I think it's the sort of heartbeat of the record. It's mm-hmm. a song about um, sort of this ghost-like encounter with my grandfather, uh, where he gives me some advice, um, mm. and the the chorus is him giving me advice as I'm sitting around this campfire. And it says the chorus is take a few chances, a few worthy romances, go swimming in the ocean on New Year's Day, don't listen to the critics, stand up and bear witness, go slay all the dragons that stand in your way. Mm. And then the verses he fades away, yeah. walks out away into the darkness, and then I'm left with my thoughts. And so it's a song I wrote with my friend Zach Williams from the Lone Bellow. Yeah, I'm sure. Familiar, familiar with that band? They're great. They're really great. Really great. So I wrote the song, played it at last year's two Christmas shows. And first time in my life, I've gotten a standing ovation mid-song. What? Yeah. First chorus at Skirmhorn. People stood up and started clapping. I'm a minute into the song. You're like, I was like, I'm so oh, glad. Oh, this is the title track. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's exactly right. What's this, rag- what's this record called? Dragons for sure. For sure, dragons. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I um, you were very generously mailed me one a record. Yes. Do you know that I just got a record player? For Did Christmas? you really? I, I'm brand I, new I, to I, it. I, I sort of knew that. You knew. Yeah. Talk about Magnolia Record Club. Yeah, it's another crazy idea that turned out to. I know. Be I love how much you do crazy ideas and really do them, Drew. I know. There's some that are in the, are in the trash bin of history. Don't worry. But at least you tried. Yeah, that's true. I definitely have tried. So uh, I was a member. I joined a record club, kind of like a book club, but uh-huh. for records from this record label called Dual Tone here in town. And I would get their releases on a monthly basis. And I thought, this is cool. I wonder if I could do this with my fans. And mm-hmm. I would pick the record and, and and curate from my artist friends. And so I started it around Christmas, like three, three and a half years ago, and picked uh, Colony House's Mm-hmm. At that time, new record, and, and we had like I don't know forty or fifty people sign up, which I thought was like wow, yeah. that's pretty cool. And then it has just like been like that ever since. Yeah, and every month, and we've and now we've gotten other people curating. So we had uh, Shaky Graves curated a record. Brandy Carlisle just curated um, a record. 
And so, so, uh, so me, the heart you mean curated. she curated it? She didn't make a new record. She's the she one picked. who decided what was going. And then, to and then everyone. the curator writes a letter to the club. Right. So it, you know, it's for me. It's like I say, oh, this is Judah and the Lions' new record, and here's a story about them and why I think this record's great. And, yeah. And besides, it's not just your normal like online biography of the band that the press right. the press gets. It's like an artist's perspective on another artist. Yeah. So yeah, it's been really fun. It's just like another one of those. You know, my only warning to people out there dreaming about something is that. When your dreams come true, sometimes they become really hard to, nightmares to manage. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not a nightmare anymore. But for a while there, the record club was like a total like, oh, we need air conditioning space to store all these records and mm-hmm. power. Oh, we need a staff. Oh, mm-hmm. we have to go buy a post office machine. Like all this stuff. And it's just like, wow, running a business is a pain. Man, it seems to be what I feel like I'm learning is that there is a peak to the pain of it yep and and you build it and you go this is awesome oh this is kind of hurting oh this is really hurting we're and that peak is either when you walk away or you build systems i was gonna say you start to share the load when you start to give away some of the responsibility yes yeah or you walk away yeah Yeah. you have to you either have to build a system that someone else can run that happened with the festival for me yeah it happened with uh the record club and honestly happened with touring I, i tour manage myself for like six years. Oh my god! I got to a point where I was like, "What am I doing?" I need an eight in my life so bad. You uh, got to find me an eight scenario because <laughs> can you imagine how much we'd be getting done if, with my ideas yes. and his Crushing. like get it done ness? Well, you've Come got on. you've got some you've got some eight wing in you, brother. Don't I? <laughs> Listen, <Come on>. I've <laughs> got, got you got some get it done. I guess I quite do. <laughs> Is there something you're dreaming of that hadn't started yet? Uh, yes. The biggest sort of dream that keeps sort of hanging out in my brain is that when my kids are all potty trained and sort of in a like non-napping phase, so my youngest is a year, so maybe three or four years, I want to take a year and like rent our house out and stay 50 weeks, 52 weeks in 52 different places. Okay. In the U.S., continental U.S.? In the U.S. And maybe like fly to Hawaii for a week and Alaska for a week and do one show in each place Uh and then do like a... Like basically make it a, a a year with the kids where we do like service one day a week. We do like national park one day a week. We do and we oh, yeah. and we write about it, you know, and we write songs about it, and we do shows and we have like a tour manager fly out every week for yeah. the for the show. And I don't know whether to do fifty states in fifty weeks. I don't know if I want to spend a week in like certain states. Right. You know. I want don't to call them out. You'll hurt their feelings. I know. I know. Is anybody here listening from North Dakota? <laughs> So beautiful, you could see so many things. Yeah, it could. Yeah, but like you know, California's got a lot of places. So yeah, that's go that's your bigger week. problem yeah, is how yeah. do you do California or in a Colorado week, or, and how do you do Rhode Island for a week? For a week, yes, yeah. Which yes. I'm you can shake hands with everybody. So much there. respect for Rhode Island, but it is not going to take no, up the amount of time California's. No. If you can run across it in a day, <laughs> you know. Then, as we learned from Florida, I'm sure. There's somebody in Rhode Island now who's like, hey, Drew, you don't know what you're talking about. So yeah. hit me up. Maybe you're the person to host us. Do you know, I went with Lady A one time to Rhode Island, and we, Hillary and I used to play this game when I would go out on weekends with them where we had to find the thing about that city that city was known for. And this one city in Rhode Island was known for a 16-layer cake. So we were like, runner, <laughs> we have a cake to find. 16-layer yes, cake. Yes, it was awesome. That sounds but amazing. we did that in, in, in any that's city. Cool, yeah, that's exactly what I want to do, like yeah. that kind of thing, and yeah. have like a local knowledge person who... Yeah. You know, and I think it'd just be a banner year for our kids. I yep. think we could, we could, you know, have a cool story to tell. Yeah. My friend Tish Oxenrider wrote a book called At Home in the World, and they took their kids around the cool. world for a year. So I'll get Elliot yeah. a copy of that, get y'all a copy Yeah, of absolutely. Read, that sounds, sounds like right up our alley. A, it, it is amazing to read because their kids, I mean, they, they got school the whole time, but they, they work with an organization that has homes around the world. And so they would mm. do, I think they did a month everywhere. That's cool. And it was, that might be a really little cool more story. manageable with, with, no kids. way, do fit. Come on. Yeah. Especially if you're in like a, well, I could do the, I could do the, the 50 states thing one year and a couple of years later, maybe do the month yeah, international. 100%. Yeah, yeah. Probably spend a couple months states. in Scotland. Come on. Yeah, yeah you would. <laughs> Get some golf in. Yeah, for sure. You'd be there from approximately May to, to July. October. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but once the sun starts going down, oh, yeah. woof. I actually lived there. I know, I know you spent a bunch of time there as well. I lived there for a semester abroad, but we started New Year's Day. Oh. So I got over there and landed at like... What city? Were you at uh, St. Andrews? I was in Edinburgh. Are you in Edinburgh? Were you at University yeah. of Edinburgh uh-huh. or Neighbor? Neighbor? Yeah. No, I was at University oh of Edinburgh. Gosh. Yeah, I lived on the on the Calgate. In yeah, of course. K- Kincaid's Court. So, but but it was like four hours of sunlight at the most. Literally. When well, yes. I even sunlight, four hours of light. I mean, it used to feel like, because I was there in a January as well, the sun rises and at lunch, you're like, are you 
you're going back down, aren't you? Yes. Like it never yes. gets high in the sky. It just crests. She's gonna sit here and cry in my soup. I, you know. <laughs> right. I'm gonna eat my it's carrot, so my carrot soup, and just cry at how dark it is, and my feet are wet. <laughs> my feet are wet every minute that I'm here. Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. You were there for a whole semester. I didn't know. I was. That. That's yeah. That's awesome. It was fun. And you loved it. I wish. I wish I'd have done that. I wish I'd have gone to school. I mean, yeah. I got to live there for a semester, but I, it was way yeah. after school. It's never too late. I, said, I mean, I guess I could go. Yeah. So many friends go to St. Andrews. That's why I thought that yeah. may have been where you. I went. did do a St. Andrews. Uh, masters later. Ah, okay. But I did it in two week residential blocks while Got like it. I'd take two weeks off from tour and go yeah. work on it. You have your master's degree? Mm-hmm. In what? Uh, divinity. You have your like, like you're like ordained? No, no, it's like an MTH. It's more like an academic degree. Ah, it's a lot okay. shorter. It's, it doesn't take as long to get as an MDiv. I don't have any Greek or that's Hebrew really or any cool. of that stuff. Yeah. What made you decide to do that? Um, I, that's what I was planning on doing after college was going to graduate school and studying history and, and, and theology and stuff. So I, I didn't quite have it out of my system. And at that point, my career wasn't at a point where I was like, oh, I know this is going to happen for a long time. Uh-huh. So it was sort of a, A, I love this. B, if I didn't do music, this is probably what I would pursue. Yeah. So let's just go do it. You have a master's degree. I do. That is really impressive. Our pastor here at Crosspoint has a doctorate and won't let anyone know. <laughs> well, I'm telling everyone <laughs> that, he, that we should call him Dr. Queen. And he's like, no, 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 no don't no, do no. that. I'm like, you can call me Master to, Drew. I am going to start calling you. Uh, this is a phone call for Master Holcomb. <laughs> is if he's available, please. <laughs> um, I had one follow-up question about my record player. Yeah. This is why I started the Magnolia. Besides, I think people should join Magnolia Record Club. I love the sound. Mm-hmm. Of that a record player like I'm having the best time yeah. listening. Also, you have to flip the thing over in like 40 minutes. There's no like going and cooking, yeah. Because by the time you're like in the yep. mode and you've got all the spaghetti everywhere, it stops. Yep. Well, so there are a couple of uh, record players you can get that you can stack six, and they'll play oh, six they'll halves. Just keep going. Now you're not playing in, like they're not in the correct. Right, but I can stick you. I can you stick play, my wicked you, yeah, musical, yes. my Mumford and Sons. Yeah, yeah those are the so ones I have. You can currently. go like six Drew songs, six wicked songs, Got six it. Mumford songs, Got and it. then flip the whole thing over and do it again. That's why I want to, and I am going to, I keep meaning to join Magnolia. I'm going to do it today. <laughs> By the time this comes out, I'm already a member of Magnolia Record Club. Uh, because the ones you curate usually are ones that I'm like, yes, I would have totally yeah, bought that anyways. Yes. Yeah. And, um, and you can pause it too. Like you can pause it two months a year if there's something you don't like. Okay, so you so the people know ahead of time. They, we announce it a month in advance, and you have and a month have, to uh, go into interested. your account and say, eh. uh, "Okay, great to know." Yeah. Um, I mean, when do you need an author to curate an album? Oh, that's a great idea. Okay, just know yeah. I'm a, I'm available. I owe you. I like that idea, <laughs> and I'm available to you. That's a great idea. <laughs> I think that's really fun. Texting Paul. Um, yeah, Dave, Paul. Paul. Annie has a. She said, "Kiss off." She has a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so Dragons comes out and then y'all do y'all tour it. So yeah, well, Dragons, should... I guess. When, when is this coming out? It comes out this Friday, like two days. Album will be out. Yeah. So, so the album. So Dragons out. Dragons is out. And then the tour starts uh, right after, right in the middle of uh, September. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. All, and so everybody over. can come out and see you on tour. Yes, please do. They, if they do VIP and they say, "Hey, yes. we're already friends from that sounds fun," you're gonna have to be prepared. Yes, and for I'm that. and I'm like a good VIP person. Oh like, yeah, you love I it. Don't, well, I don't like act awkward about it great okay certain artists and authors are just like you like because i feel like most people if i if i bought a vip ticket for yeah. instance and i i would have probably one thing i wanted to say to that person uh-huh. you know like if it was uh, um bruce springsteen you yeah. know i would say hey bruce who were you this nervous to meet when you were my age yeah you know i've rehearsed that one yeah you yeah. did you're right you did yeah. it really calmly yeah thank you thank yeah. you <clears throat> bruce you out there yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's an avid listener, yeah, so we'll get yeah, a phone yeah, call any sure. day now. Um, Master but Welcome. yeah, I just I, I always try to like make sure that if people have something to you know a story to tell or whatever that they there's an opportunity for that because I, I don't want it to just be like a line of people and you know yeah. snap picture and then that's yeah. it. So I am thoughtful in VIP experiences when I'm the you and me of going like they better be experiencing on the internet who you really are. Yeah. And so yeah. you and you do that really well too. Well, thanks. I so try. People yeah. get to meet you. I do love it when Ellie and I do a, a meet and greet though, because she is so much friendlier than me. I just have to stand there. <laughs> and she goes, "Drew, this person." This, and you're like, "Yeah, yep." yep. Hey, Smile how's it for going? A story. Yep. <laughs> We're gonna do it. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Ellie's um, like, "I really love your wife." When they meet me, or like, "Where's your wife?" I really love your wife. I'm like, "Yeah, me too." She's not here. Sorry. <laughs> you stuck with Sorry. me. <laughs> Well, thank you for doing this today. Yeah, of course. Thanks You're for having me. Very kind. And I'm so thrilled. I think this was more fun to... than the first time. I 
I so. do too. I, I mean, I think it's exactly. No, no regrets. I, no regrets here. I am so thrilled that people get to hear your music every you. twice a week. I know. I am too. Thanks months. for doing that. It really does mean a lot. Well, it is one of the best parts of this to me is every time we switch seasons, I get to say, whose music do I want everybody to hear and whose name do I want to say? They're going to get so tired. It sounds just like this. Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. The music in the background is for our good friend, Mr. Drew Holcomb. <laughs> His new album is called Dragons. Make yes, sure you grab a copy. They're going to awesome. hear that. I'm feeling going to meet a lot of your, a lot of your people times. in the next couple of years. I hope so. Yeah. They're your people, too, now. Yeah, that's right. That's the most fun about them. Hey, before you go, you got to answer one more question for us. Okay. Because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what you do for fun. Oh, I play golf for fun. Yes, for and sure I, yeah, know. yesterday I had the greatest golf round of my life. Really? Yeah. Where? Here? Here, yeah. I shot a 73, which. For anybody who cares about golf, which yeah, is tell probably me more. not a lot. That's, That's not a lot. That's very low. The normal person goes in and shoots a 90? Oh, I don't even. Yeah, 90. Yeah, for sure. Is that par? Par okay. is 72. Okay. So I shot one over. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that's the best game of your life? Mm-hmm. So far, I'm getting better. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on the up and up. Yeah, I'm probably going to turn pro. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, buy, you guys better go on this tour because yeah, it's the last this one. This is my last tour. I'm After going this pro. is PGA tour. That's right. So <laughs> y'all better get ready. Yeah. Um, I, I play golf for fun, and then I, I love just being with my kids and yeah. doing whatever they, they decide what's, what's fun sometimes. They're so cute. They are cute. Huck's little eyebrow. It's oh, just, big old unibrow. I mean, it's so cute, though, because yep. it's very expressive still. Yeah, His got, eyes are so expressive. <laughs> yep. I'm trying to Im- mimic it here uh, on the microphone. Are they both in school now, the two? No, just Emmy Lou. I mean, he's in like two-day a week. Okay. Yeah, he's only four. Emmy so. Lou's kindergarten or She's first? She's in first grade. Started today. Today, first yeah. day at school. What was it like this morning? She did great. She was excited. She's great. They had a meet the teacher thing yesterday, so she got all her nerves out. Oh, yeah, yeah. So she like saw where she was going to sit. Do y'all have like a first day of school thing? Ellie always has things. She comes up with ways to celebrate all the time. You know, I don't know if we are doing anything special tonight. I think, I mean, we we definitely had like, you know, a big day yesterday kind of getting ready. They ran a bunch of errands and got a special outfit and all that stuff. So Being a dad has been awesome. Yeah, it's been great. Taught me a million things. You're, You're really good at it. Thanks. Well... You know, as an eight, it's like parenting is one of the best things that can un-eight you. Mm, really? There's nothing wrong with being an eight, but there's all the, our our rough edges tend to be sort of obvious, yeah. you know, and scary to people. We come out guns blazing, you know, mm-hmm. sword, sword out. And I've just learned uh, so much by being a parent about patience and letting go and not being in control and enjoying the moment. Yeah. They're all, all very unnatural things for me. Yeah, and it's just helped having little ones. Yeah. That's the, really the best funny. story, Emily was like, our oldest was like a week old. And Ellie was in the kitchen doing something. And I like had her on the floor. And I, I was just like, what are you doing, pudding? And Ellie goes, what? <laughs> I said, what? And she goes, did you just say pudding? I was like, yes. I'll, I'll say whatever I want to my daughter. You know, she was like, I've never heard you use anything near the word pudding. Yeah. <laughs> In my life. I was like, well, I didn't have a daughter until a week That's ago. That's right. For so. the last week, yeah. everything changed. Yeah. <laughs> Pudding, that's her name. That's not so really. Sweet. Yeah. Do you have songs for your kids? Mm-hmm. On the new album or uh, on the new album? There's one about Huck called "See the World." Oh yeah. Uh, it's right. it's. I'm really proud of. It. I love the, love the song. He loves it too. He called it his song and. Oh. Sweet. Uh, and then there's a song about Emily Lou called "Mama Sunshine, Daddy's Rain." Oh, I love when y'all sing that one. Yeah. When she comes out and mm-hmm. sings, sings it. You. Yeah. Oh, you, she's gonna want to be a neighbor before it's all said and done. Yeah, you, we've had to sort like, of like put the pump the brakes on that a little bit because she's like. One night we're like, you need to go to bed before the show. And she's like, but the people love me. Oh. <laughs> like, you're like, we know. And we have a problem but- <laughs> here. Yeah, we know. That's why you're going to bed. That's right. <laughs> um, all right, Drew. Thanks, buddy. Thanks I'm for grateful me. for you. Oh, you guys, what a gift that conversation was. Oh, my gosh, I'm so thrilled and grateful for Drew just being open and honest and telling us about his family and his hopes and his dreams and um, talking about the Ryman. Y'all know I'm always going to be up for talking about the Ryman. So thanks again to Drew for being on the show. Make sure you give him a follow on social media. Tell him thanks for joining us today. And when you go see him, make sure you buy the VIP tickets so you get to meet him and tell him you are already friends because you're friends of the pod, and so is he. So do like you do to Dansby Swanson. Just yell, that sounds fun, in his general direction, and he'll know what it's about. And if you have not grabbed his new album, Dragons, make sure you do that today. Go ahead and buy a copy. You can get 
physical copies on his website. You can also always get a digital copy elsewhere, but make sure you buy a copy of Dragons and play it around your house in your life. I think you're really going to love it. Drew's right. This one is different and it's there's depth in the music and in the words that is just really special. And I'm thankful, thankful, thankful for his vulnerability. Hey, and if you want to come to the Ryman Show in September, I'll be there. So you guys, come on. Let's have a That Sounds Fun party at Drew's show here in Nashville. But if you can't make it to Nashville, make sure you check out Drew on the road wherever he is closest to you. And just you can just look at all that up on his website. Hey, if there's anything else I can do for you, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs, F as in family because we love that song that is playing in the background f as in family on instagram twitter facebook all the places you might need me that is how you can find me and i think that's it for me today i'm gonna go out and do something fun i'm getting my nails painted that sounds fun to me you go out and do something that sounds fun to you too and i will see you back here on thursday y'all have a great week